0: So I got to tell you about something that made me laugh today. I was getting everything ready, all the technology. We were meeting on Google Meet. And our call was scheduled for 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. And so 6.58, all the tech is working, 6.59. And then ding. And usually when the guest comes onto to the call, it's like, hello? Hello? Can you see me? Can you see me? Well, this time... Like, as soon as the screen popped up, hello! And I've never seen someone make an entrance like that for the podcast. So, best entrance ever goes to today's guest, Jasmine Ellis. I'm going to tell you a little bit about what we talked about today. We did. We did talk about racism. And it's not like it's it's just one of those things that the more you talk about it, the easier it is to understand the little things that we do um, that we don't necessarily mean to do, but the more we're aware of it, the more we can help people to feel themselves, to feel empowered, to be in their best environment, because just like, I want to be in my best environment. So does everybody else. And that is really what it comes down to being able to have the opportunity to just show up as yourself. be empowered and be supported and we talked a bit about that and we talked about her life in edmonton and in toronto and in vancouver and we talked a little bit about her little annie musical that she did and we talked a little bit about bumble and we talked a bit about her birthday and most of her friends got some kind of a shout out whether it was implied or a name so definitely check it out um share if you enjoyed this tag us on instagram and if you enjoy this interview check out some of my past interviews there's a really good chance that you'll recognize some of the past guests there's a hundred or so of them so thank you for supporting the lifestyle chase and we'll get started welcome to the lifestyle chase season two this podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. So welcome to The Lifestyle Chase. This is episode 132 and I am joined by the one and only Jasmine Ellis. How are you doing?
1: I'm good. I was hoping you were going to say like 133 because I'm like a 33 number, but this is cool. I like.
0: (laughs) I try my best. I can only interview so many people in a short amount of time.
1: Uh, I should have requested it. No, I'm good. (laughs) Just, yeah, it's been a busy day, but I'm good.
0: For sure. Um, what What's the first thing that you do in the morning? Like, what's kickstarts your day?
1: Uh, usually, I'm like a huge news junkie. My background's in PR, so I always like will put the news on. But recently, oh. it's been tough to do that. So I've actually been really into Headspace, the meditation app. So I do like three or five minutes and just like sit there and try to, like, clear my brain a little bit for these days,
0: so, yeah. For sure. I mean, I think that's something important to, um, advocate for it, like, sometimes people kind of get lost in, in the vicious cycle of, uh, letting that stuff take over. Um, what, what was the moment where you decided that headspace was going to be helpful for you as far as that goes because some people it just takes a while to be like, "Oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to try out headspace for a bit."
1: I know. Um I Well, I it was probably like a week and a half ago. It was because I work in social media and then I was dealing with a lot of trauma and then being on social and trying to investigate different things. It was like reliving trauma. And I just felt like my brain was very chaotic. Um, and I was having to like really work through a lot of dark moments of my life. And so I have a therapist and she's great. And um, that was like something we chatted about. Um, and so it's just about like taking those five minutes. Like if we don't have five minutes, to like take care of ourselves. And then, then like, what do we have kind of thing? And just like setting that routine for myself every day, um, has really helped.
0: Yeah. For sure. Um, if you can like describe yourself, and I'm going to use the word essence cause it's been my favorite word as of late. Describe your essence. Like who are you as a person? How do you take up space in this world? Like how would your friends describe you?
1: You know, I like that question because I think within the last year I have changed so much and um, I think I would describe myself even a year ago as being the most selfish person I've ever met. Um, and I think going through a lot and having to leave home and having to deal with some crazy stuff there, it was just like, I really just like took time for myself and focused on all these things that I wanted to do. So I always like preach that I think everybody has a certain sort of power and that we are all just like sharing our power like, all the time and so I think I've developed like a voice of just really speaking for the underdog and doing what feels right in like my soul and so like I won't work for a company I won't stand by a friend I won't date anyone that doesn't align with my values and um, I think within this last year, it's like, it's been such a transition of to now. And like, thank goodness I've kind of developed this because it's like allowing me to really communicate and have like tough conversations. So I don't know if like my essence, I don't know. I'm like, I think I'd like to say it's quite powerful.
0: I like that. Um, you, You talked about values and it seems pretty clear how important your values are to you. Are you able to like list off your values or describe your values?
1: Um, I, it's been this value of mine for like probably like the last few years. Um, I've been driven to make a change for like a little jazz. And so I work in marketing and I work in digital marketing, but I don't, I hate social media. Like I think it is kind of toxic sometimes. Um, but the reason why I do it is because it's like a platform that I could change someone's life, like I can now put elements that someone that might look like me could see. And I never had that growing up. So that's been like, kind of like, my goal in my career is to make sure that like, I'm amplifying these voices, or that there's someone that looks like that person that's sitting on the other side of the screen. Um, So it's like all about diversity and it's all about inclusion and it's all about like having these tough tough conversations and like speaking the truth and um just being kind of like a leader in the sense of um trying to change the way like beauty looks the way fitness looks the way women look you know it's just there's that's kind of where my values are like right now
0: well i mean <laughs> For sure. Um, when, when you talk about like the, the little jazz, uh, like what age do you visualize yourself as when you're thinking about like the, the younger version of yourself?
1: Oh, um, it's tough. Like I think this has been like really, really hard in the sense of like I never felt confident in myself until I left Edmonton because I grew up in St. Albert. Um, I was always different. I was always the black friend or um, you're going to be great at sports because you're black or your dad played professional football. So you're, of course you're going to be, and like nobody, I was just like never Jasmine always just like something. And so from like the, I always just try to change to like fit in. So from, I don't know from as far as i can remember like that's just always been the thing i've never this is like kind of the first time in my life that i feel like i'm proud to be black which is like really sad and like i just like never had that um and i think a lot of people are feeling like that especially when you're half black and you grew up with like a lot of white people around you and you were like told to be a certain way and i didn't learn about my culture and i didn't learn about like my background um so I was, of course, I was going to, you know, just kind of be this person trying to fit in all the time. And it, um, I think it really destroyed, like, my confidence for a very long time.
0: So you talked about this year being kind of a, an empowering year. Um, can you identify, like, a moment where, where things kind of changed, where you kind of found your, your power or found your, your identity or your values or whatever that may be?
1: I think it just moving to Vancouver was never something I ever wanted to do. Um, I li- went to school in Toronto and I thought I was going to go back there and cause it just like fit and it was fun and whatever. And somehow I ended up here. Um, and I have just never met like more beautiful people and just like really been able to like, let's see if I can like, just do it. Like just to like look outside and like, that's my life and just look and be like, wow, like, oh, you just like can't sweat the small stuff. And I remember just like waking up one day and just like looking at this and I was like, what can we do with this? And like just feeling so calm. Um, And then things just started clicking. And I just, I have the best group of friends here and um, the fitness community here. I've met so many great people and like my job, like I've met so many great people. It's just uh, like this place really like changed the way I see the world.
0: Um, you kind of talked about how you were never like just you you were always like the the black person per se like has that changed after you've moved have you been able to just be you
1: I don't know if I don't this is the thing because um, I don't think people know that they're they've done these microaggressions or like have said things to me To be honest, I don't think a lot of people will ever know. And if they are coming to that realization, it's, like, happening now. Um, So I've, like, always been that way. But I think, like, as I got older, if I wasn't really close with someone, like, it would never be said to my face. It would be like, oh, you know, Jazz, like, the black spin instructor or the black girl that works at, you know, like, it was still that. Um, But it just, like, wasn't, I guess said to me, to be exact. So there's like a lot of these moments, which is weird. Like I had to exit social media because like my DMs were just like flooding with people I hadn't heard from. And at first it was like people checking in on me, but then I was like, part of me was like, how genuine is this? Because is it because you're realizing that you might've said the N word to me in high school? And now you're like reaching out to see if I'm okay. Cause then if I'm okay, then you're okay. Um, and so it was just like too much. And like people asking me questions of like what they should read or what podcasts they should listen to. And, like, I'm like this, like I'm not, and I had this conversation with the girl yesterday who's, black too. And she was like, we're not the gatekeeper. Like, that's not it right now. Like, it's not, we can't fix you. (laughs) This isn't about us. Like, trying to fix non-black people. Like, that's not it. And I, like, I don't know what to tell you. It's like, nobody taught me to do anything. I just learned because I wanted to be a better person and I wanted to be inclusive and I wanted to show diversity. And I never wanted someone to feel the way I felt in situations. So, yeah, I think the the last couple weeks obviously people are very cognizant of what what they're saying but um there's there's like things that it's not like the racist it's not the person that is like oh like i don't know like the most extreme of being part of some like the kkk like it that's not the problem it's like the people that have been in my life that have been like close people in my life that have said some horrible things that I'm now like reliving um because of all of this and like those are those microaggressions and I don't I think a lot of people are realizing that now and so let's hope that it just you know people are educating themselves on their own
0: yeah well (laughs) honestly like the way you explain it makes a lot of sense and it's true like um me as a white person i can support you by putting information in front of other white people so that you can kind of take it easy and like protect your energy and still have boundaries um Mm -hmm. and just talking about like the long-term impact like a lot of people they'll be quick to say i'm not racist but it's like it's so much more than just, as you say, like the extreme, like many, Mm. many, many people are not extreme racists, but like probably countless times I've like not understood the implications of one tiny thing that I've said, and maybe it's compounded over time. And so like for myself, like I'm learning, um, just different, different impacts of different things. Like I, I have a good friend his name is Ron. Shout out to Ron. Um, and he is Indigenous. But when I had a conversation with him, he said that when when someone is referring to him, he he likes it best when somebody says, my friend Ron, not my Indigenous friend, just my friend Ron. And, like, that was a light bulb moment for me. And, like, it's it feels like you've had a similar experience. And it's, like, then a person might think, oh, well, that's nothing. But it's not nothing. It's a big deal because it, like, it makes a huge difference because it's like, it's part of who you are, like how you feel. It's part of the energy that you have for your day. And so hopefully people kind of are having light bulb moments if they haven't had their light bulb moment. Um, But with that being said, um, back at that age, like let's say grade nine or so, what was your like sanctuary? Like everybody in that age where they're kind of going through figuring out who they are, making their big decisions they have something that perhaps like kind of helps them fill their bucket or helps them feel safe. What was it for you?
1: Um, I, well, I played a lot of sports growing up. Um, I think like by like grade nine, so background, my dad played football and he played professional football. And I, I was always, the joke was that I was supposed to be a boy growing up and then i was like the mistake um and i turned out to be a girl and my dad was stuck with two girls and so i was like so into sports and i played everything so i like soccer and track and ringette and i dance and i just loved it um but like i was like always just like the tomboy and like that was like my outlet for so long but nobody also ever talks about how hard it is to grow up with like a professional athlete as a dad. And so um, I didn't have a dad, like I had a coach all the time. And by like grade nine, I was starting to like, feel like, Oh my goodness. Like I would get so anxious and stressed and I just had to be the best. And like, my dad would like take me out of school so that I could go and like practice like a corner kick. Like that's, that was just like the way we lived. Um, And like, I wouldn't be able to, I feel bad I'm exposing him, but I wouldn't be able to eat certain things if like I didn't get a goal or like, I was like little things like this. And so I, I think I like cracked by grade nine where it was like too much. And then like, I, didn't have really a lot of like, no, I couldn't hang out with my friends on the weekends cause I was too busy. So that was like the time where I was like starting to like, get to go to like a house party and like watch the OC and like do those things. Like that wasn't a thing. And so by like high school and like end of junior high was like, I got to be like a kid. And I remember thinking like, this is so fun. And I remember music was always like a big thing for me. Um, I I was just cleaning up like I have a memory box and I was so into poetry and I couldn't even I was like wow like why did I ever stop and I was like reading some stuff and I was like wow and like that was like a little bit of my outlet um I won't ever share some of those because I went through apparently I went through a lot of little breakups when I was younger too but um and I wrote about it but yeah so (laughs) I think it was like there was like this like artsy side of me where like I love writing and um music and stuff like that but um that point was just like nice to have like friends and like just chill that was kind of like a nice little moment
0: well that makes complete sense i mean i think everybody likes to have friends and just chill and like (laughs) um the experience of like kind of being molded into the the daughter of the professional athlete that that would be tough like that would be tough to have to like fill those shoes did you ever have like aspirations of of being a professional athlete or did was it always just something that was like what am I doing kind of thing like what was your experience with that
1: um I, I I was really great at sports but I never fell in love with it and so I think, which is funny, like, where I am now and, like, why I ta- teach then or, like, why I do certain things, it ha- it comes back to that community part. And I do it because, like, and I played sports because I loved that part of it of, like, meeting people in different cities and, like, you know, getting to, like, travel and do things. And that was fun. Like, I loved more, like, traveling with the Alberta soccer team, across Canada and stuff rather than like actually playing. Um, But you had to be good to get on the team. So I remember thinking like feeling very anxious that if I were to like pursue this and go to school on a scholarship, I'd have to be stuck playing the sport. And that's terrified me. And then I knew that's like when I like, I couldn't do it. And so there was like from... I would say grade 12 until I was like probably like 20 or 21. I just like never worked out because I had a really bad view on it. And it was like I disappointed people and I never really found fitness to be fun again for like I had to like kind of mourn it a little bit. Um, And especially coming back and like removing that, part of myself of being so competitive. That was really hard too. Um, And I went through therapy and stuff with that too. Cause yeah, like there's a certain part of being conditioned to be the best for like my entire life. And I still struggle with it of like, always trying to like impress people and especially like male figures and um, just like making sure that there's like, I don't do anything wrong. Um, and that really all stemmed from like this whole like conditioning and, um, what it takes to be an athlete and it's not easy.
0: For sure. Um, what have been like, we talked about connection. (laughs) We talked about, uh, struggles with fitness, getting older, just like everybody's experience with fitness is very different. And so like the communication that we take into fitness is so important, like, For me as a personal trainer i can't just like throw the same thing at a bunch of different people i can't talk the same way to different people i can't um do anything the same way like how i speak um the things like i have to listen in order to be a trainer for each individual person um can you identify a moment where you started to kind of like see that you had to make like Mm -hmm. with, with, with fitness um, to be able to identify the direction that you were going and that you needed to go to a different direction in order to make fitness something that was sustainable for you, what was that moment?
1: Oh, I can tell you. Um, so I was working, and I think I was working at some agency at the time. Doesn't really matter. But my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And then she was like cancer free on a Thursday. And my boyfriend at the time found out he had cancer on that Friday. So that like moment in my life was like, whoa, like now I was like working at a hospital every other week and having to just like, it was just like insane. And someone took me to a spin class to get like a break. And To be honest, I was never a, my, my dad's a personal trainer too. And he was always like, you never go to things like this because they're not trained professionals. You're going to get hurt. And like, he was all about this. Um, and so I'd never really done group fitness, but then I went in and I was like, this was the first time that I could hear myself breathe. and like amongst the chaos and I felt so it comes back to like feeling powerful. And um, that moment, I knew I like fell in love with fitness again. And then when I decided to teach eventually, it was all about that moment of just making sure that like someone looking at me knew that it was going to be okay. And like, if you only felt powerful for 45 minutes with me, then that's okay. But like, we found our power to like gather. So like, that was like, just tried to make sure that everyone felt like they were good enough, you know, even like if, because a lot of, especially women, like a lot of us just like don't feel like that for a very long time. Um, so if I could just give them 45 minutes of like what I got when I first went to that class, um, then like that's kind of been like my goal.
0: That like the, the context to a person's story makes such a difference. Um, mm-hmm. Because I, I mean, I've rode my fair share of spin classes. I've taught a few spin classes and like we all say things. But when you understand the context of what people say it resonates like it'll shake you to your core um the cool thing is like i i taught for a year at true ride and i heard about your class at my <laughs> class <laughs> yeah. so you left a mark on some people apparently it's just like there's the people that bounce from classes to classes studios to studios and like there were certain things that you said that resonated and people brought it up and it was like it might be just because like I was also kind of like I bounced around but I just thought that was so cool and then knowing that part of your story I'm like yeah no wonder no wonder they brought it up I think it was something along the lines of Beyonce
1: yeah, Beyonce wasn't built in a day and neither are you that's some. I have it like framed T- shout out to Tegan and Angie they got it for me for my birthday um, yeah, it's, uh, that was like my line. I, I don't really say it in Vancouver, but I don't, cause I feel like I left that part there. And it just like anybody that came to my class, that was just, that was your moment. Like you can feel like Beyonce for this moment, but like, I was always very open with how it was feeling. And I also think there was like a line because, <laughs> You also want to like go in and like have fun. And sometimes I go to class and I'm like, it is okay. This like, let's take it back and like, also like find that strength a little bit, but you use, you have to listen to your music and like, listen to how it's speaking. And like, I would pick certain songs that like, we could cry to, like, that was like that's it. I'll turn the lights off, whatever. But I like, I made breakup playlists. Like I went through a breakup and it was horrible. And I remember like, okay, for the next week, we have a breakup playlist. And then like, I remember people coming in and like, oh, I'm getting divorced and I'm just getting over a breakup. And then it was like all of these amazing people just like rocking this breakup playlist the whole week. Um, So, and like, I would just be open about it and like talk about why we broke up or like what was happening in my life. And it was just like my safe space. And I think once you like break down those walls of like being on that, bike like it just like opens up so many great conversations and then you start to learn about other people and then i would know that so-and-so in the middle row was going through a lot and i could just kind of feel that energy and then communicate it back
0: yeah well, i mean that, that's true and it kind of reminds me of some of my playlists i've done and the playlists that i've heard other people do and it's like sometimes people cannot say a word and you know exactly what that playlist was about it's like oh this is the week that they've had and i'm here for it you know like it's like um it's kind of like energy attracts energy one of one of my friends says that quite often and it's um i think that that's a good um thought to have it's just like if you are like passionate about a certain thing then you're going to have people that are passionate about that thing kind of find their way to you and then if you are um going through something there's gonna be like so if I was sad but I like hid the fact that I was sad well I'm not gonna have the people that can support me through that sadness but if I'm sad and I'm just like hey I'm sad other mm-hmm. people are gonna be able to yep. to come so forth for that um like you you've talked about how how tough the past few weeks are and like I'm I'm not going to try and get you to talk about like the toughest things but like in times when you've had um just heavier emotions what are the things that have enabled you to position yourself for other people to support you with those emotions
1: um yeah I guess like the last couple of weeks my spin studio is not open. So, um, Nike training app, that's been my go-to and I just use my playlist for that. But I just really have to give credit to like my friends here because and like not even here, like, like my closest friends in Toronto and Edmonton, like it's, I, everyone just has like had my back, like without me even really asking and like, I know there was a probably like the first week of this was all happening. I probably broke down a few times because I was just mentally exhausted. And there's like part of me that I was like, Am I allowed to feel this pain? Like I didn't grow up that way. And like I have a form of privilege and I'm lighter skinned. And like there's so many my own like demons that I'm like thinking of. But then I would see something on Instagram and it would remind me of like I just, this is like my two stories that I have been like trying to work through this week was being in high school and having to read To Kill a Mockingbird and having my teacher say that like I could just like not come to class while everybody was saying the n-word and I felt weird so I would just sit there and listen to these people say the n-word over and over and over and I remember thinking this is weird but like also what was I supposed to do um like that was really tough and then and then I like remember this like high school party and like just like sitting on the couch and this one of my guy friends is looking at me and calling me the N word. And like these moments, like these, these are things I've, I don't even think I've thought about in years. And the people that I have around me right now are just being like, it's not, how are you? You know, it's like, Hey Jazz, like. I'm coming over and we're having wine or have you watched this show or um, sending me like funny memes. Like they just like know me, you know, or like I love donuts or, you know, flavored coffee. Like there's just like, or a playlist or things like that. Mm. And Those, or like having my back when I've like communicated on social media a little bit of like, this isn't right. And like, we need to be better and calling some people out and like i had all the support from people that i didn't ask it just like it happens because like they really like lifted me up right now and so yeah i think i'm just really lucky i yeah. don't yeah shout out to everybody that was a man so thank you
0: that's awesome um you've talked about toronto a few times what is it that brought you to toronto like what was it that made toronto the destination place and what was your first week like there
1: Hmm. (laughs) um so i moved there because i actually opened uh earl's restaurant there so i was like got sent there to do that and then i ended up going to school there but my sister was living there at the time and um (laughs) the first week i was there I remember thinking, wow, I've never seen so many people that look like me. And two, whoa, I have to make friends because not I grew up in San, everyone knows each other. So I was like, oh my goodness, like I have to like put myself out there and like how do you make friends? Like this is like it was so different um, of just like knowing no one. And I, like I really struggled with that. I remember calling my mom and like, because you're just, I was terrified. I felt like I was in kindergarten again. And I was always that little girl that cried because her mom left. Um, So I was like, Oh, my goodness, what if people don't like me? Um, But I like some of my closest friends are because of that, because I was in a situation where I was like a different person than I was in Edmonton. And I got to like attract people that were like me. And so like, a lot of my friends in Toronto have them like connected me with their friends in Vancouver. Like it's just like that was that's changed my life. Is that can those connections and those people? Um, and then I just think Toronto. Well, there's always this funny story, and anybody that knows me has probably heard the story about the first time I went to a club in Toronto, and my I'm like sitting at a bar, and guess who sat beside me, um, was Drake. And I, this kid, but he also wasn't cool. Like he wasn't that cool yet. And so I was sitting there and, and this just accurately describes what I was like when I first moved to Toronto. And I guess he had said something. I didn't hear him. He tapped me on the shoulder and I turned around and I was like, Oh God. And he says, it's okay. Your ass isn't big enough for me to talk to you anyways. And boom, like, I was just like, I'm never going to fit in here. No one's going to like me. Like, how am I? Like, this guy's already said this, and he's a somebody in this. And I was just crying in the bathroom. <laughs> so that's kind of how I felt when I first, it was just, I was so out of my comfort zone. I was like, whoa, like, there's just so many people, and it's so competitive, and it's kind of like a doggy dog kind of world. Um, but I I figured it out, and it's... Again, I just made some great friends, and they got me through it.
0: <laughs> Did do, do you listen to Drake music now, or have you outlawed him on your on your phone?
1: I I, if, I see it all the time in my spin classes because I do, but I still like music. But I just separate him, you know. Okay. Yeah, so maybe one day he'll apologize for
0: that. <laughs> he better. We'll we'll tag him in Instagram or something when I post this. But like um what was it that helped you find your footing? Like you talk about how you kind of were out of your element and I'm assuming there's a point where you're like, yeah, yeah, now I now I'm here.
1: Uh I think I have to thank my sister because she was there. Um and she kind of took me under her wing and gave me some tough love. Um But I think it's when I started going to school and just like finding what I was interested in um, and finding a little bit like confidence. And um, I got to do some cool stuff in school. And I like the people I went to school with, I don't talk to them enough, but I missed they were we just had so much fun. And it was that was like the time I was like, okay, like now I can kind of see like my future. I didn't expect to be here, but like, this was like, I could see it. I'm like, okay, she's going to be in PR. She's going to like work for people. And like, I'm like, okay, there's these new chapters coming. Um, and I think, yeah, I think it was school to be honest. I got to write again. And like, I got to, I do some like creative weird things. And when I was managing at the spin studio in Edmonton, like you probably would have noticed some of them. I did some like weird things where you did like, motivator matchmaker like i just love being creative and just like thinking and if it fails it fails but i like i'll do anything once
0: well i mean i think creativity is an important underrated outlet i think everybody needs to have some kind of a grasp on creativity um Mm -hmm. if you can think back to all of your creative endeavors what's one that you were the very most proud of in every
1: in anything i've ever
0: done well, I mean, like, you can just pick one that just pops into your head, but, like, is there one that stands out or one that you can think of right away and why?
1: Oh, okay. Well, we could bring it down. This is the only freaking example I can think of right now. Wait, and it's when I was really young and my mom will just die. I have an obsession for Annie, the musical. Obsession. And, like, VHS, DVD, everything, the old, the new. Um, I even forced my mom and sister to go and see um, the black version of Annie when it came out and we went to the theater. And I wouldn't even sit with them because they were too much of a distraction because I just like wanted to watch it. Um, So I loved Annie. And when I'm trying to think of, it had to be grade three or grade four. (laughs) I like forced all the kids on the block (laughs) to be in the musical. And I wrote the script. (laughs) I choreographed it. Um, I just put like, I remember I had like braids and I just put like a red bandana and I was Annie. And I had a Rhodesian Ridgeback, which is a dog and her name is Tipa. Google it, it's the most beautiful dog ever. And and we just basically did this whole musical for like our teachers and parents and my mom like videotaped it. And I was so proud. Like, it was just, like, I still remember looking in my mom's basement, and she put up curtains, and, like, we had backstage. It's, like, just so fun. And I remember, like, looking, and it was just, like, my teachers were there for some reason. Like, why? They came over to my house and, like, sitting there with my dog and just being, like, the sun will come out. And I just remember this all the time. And so, um, yeah, Annie, that, like, really started this whole, like, yeah maybe
0: maybe i should
1: have been in musicals for all i know but yeah well, that's it's, I mean.
0: it's never too late i mean like before we recorded this i was watching some like america's got talent i mean you could just go to one of those things
1: i don't know i, I don't think it's a talent it's more that i just I don't know what it was about that. I just loved everything. And I remember like choreographing like all the brooms and like it's like it's a hard knock. And I still remember it. So yeah, that's fun.
0: So we talked about your experience in Toronto. What brought you back to Edmonton? Was it just school was done, time to go home or what was the process?
1: I was a boy, but... Um, basically (laughs) I moved home and then it kind of coincided in the sense of my mom got cancer at the same, and just so you know, my mom's okay. Uh, They both are. Um, but so I was working, I interned at an agency in Edmonton and then I ended up staying there. Um, and just stayed, I think 2016 until 2019. Um, so like three years
0: and then you moved to vancouver what what spurred that what was like the the impulse or the the moment
1: i feel like had i stayed in edmonton and this was always my thing i think so my group of like girlfriends growing up and like i just love them to death and we've all been friends for so long um they're all married except for me and another girl who's in Australia and have, or like trying to have kids have a child or like just ready for that. And like, that always happened really quick. And I just knew that I didn't know if that was like going to be for me. Um, And so I lit, I literally was like, okay, if I stay in Edmonton, then like, this is, those are the, like the next things is like, I just need to like settle down And like, I remember it hitting me. Oh, Angie's going to love me for sharing the story. We went to Cabo and I remember we were at the pool and I was just like, I can't stay here anymore. I'm so bored. Cause I just knew there was more. Like I was just like, I wasn't doing enough. And I came from that, came back on that trip and I was just like quit everything. I didn't have a plan. I was just like, I got to get out of Edmonton. Um, and thankfully it worked, but um, I didn't know where I was going. And then I ended up in Vancouver and then I got an amazing job and uh, this amazing life. And um, thank, and I'm like, thank goodness I did it because I was like this close of not because it was so safe. Like I could have stayed there and just kept doing it. Um, and I, like, I can't even imagine not living here now. Like I would have missed all of this. And I think I was, Told like I was kind of made to feel like I was making a mistake too. Like I didn't, it was hard like when I left. And, um, and I think maybe that drove me to be like, okay, like go find it. And it just like pushed me to like go and do it and it worked. And so that's my thing that like for the last year is just like, if any ounce of you is like not feeling right about that situation, just do it. You'll always figure it out. You will.
0: Well, that is so true. And I'm glad that you said it like that. Because I think for a lot of people, like, life isn't money. Life isn't our possessions. Life isn't how much we can brag about what we've done or what it's like, it's our environment. It's how, how much we are able to feel ourselves. Like, or this podcast is video so a person can go back and when you talked about your environment looking out the window and like how you felt like you could just be you like your face lit up and so that is super cool um and I think a lot of people lose touch of what they do have control of like there's that expression like control what you can control and a person's like sitting in in like their home or sitting in their job or sitting in their like friend circle and they're like oh control what I can control there's nothing I can do well like Mm -hmm. people can pick up and move people can switch their jobs people can um go to a different side of town like whatever they got to do because like we can only give so much to other people if if our bucket is empty like we got to fill our own bucket yeah um with uh with your experience in moving to Vancouver, like it was, you obviously had a little bit of like fear and perhaps doubt. Um, What were the moments that really um, reaffirmed to you that like you did the right thing? What were like the, the things that happened that reassured you the most?
1: I think, um, I think it's just like the connections that I've made since being here. And, like, that I'm actually, like, working towards, like, a passion and my values. Like, I've never had that. Oh, and some of my past employers are going to hate that. But, like, this is the first time where because I am who I am, I have an opportunity, like, to just work and change things, if that makes sense. Like, I don't – like, the whole goal of – my being right now is to make sure that a black voice is heard. And since I've been here, I I got here's a great story is I got fired from the first job that I came to here because I called out the owner for not using real models in a fitness photo shoot. And it was an, and I had to show her how to do a plank. Like, and she was so thin and just, I was just like, we can't do this. Like, this is like my gut. It was just like this. And that was the first time that I was like, no, they're like, this isn't it. Like we can't do this. Um, um, I can't put my name behind it. And I was fired. Um, and then a few weeks later I got like an amazing job and it's like, now my whole goal is just to be like, okay, you're welcome to do this. Like this is like everything I was fired for there is now like why I was hired for something else. So that probably that moment was, I was like, okay. Um, And yeah, I'm just, I I come back to them and just like the people here are so great. And then I honestly didn't think I was going to teach spin again. And I just like went to a client. Yeah. Eastwood shout out to Eastwood. Amazing. Um, It was like, I fell in love again because I think I kind of fell out of it um, and it was just fun and it was just like something I got to do again and with like new people and, oh, there are so many great instructors there and the community there is so cool and I was just like, I, I just got to do it all over again and it's been really, really great and then obviously you meet other people and there's like an amazing fitness community here and um, so, yeah, I just, I, I'm like, why didn't ever I want to, like, live in Vancouver? I have no idea. I just, like, never pictured myself here. And I'm like, I should have done this a long time ago. But here
0: we are. Well, I mean, I think that's the missing link for a lot of people. Like, we we talked a little bit about, like, uh, like self-consciousness or self-confidence or, or whatever we see it as. And I think that's something that, quite honestly, anybody and everybody probably struggles with. And half of us will talk about it. Half of us won't, but like, there's going to be moments where everybody kind of feels like there, there's just not something right. And so why would we visualize something that would be great? Like I I've known people that have relocated from Edmonton to Kelowna or Mm -hmm. to Australia or to like all kinds of different places in the world. And it's not like it's easy. It's not easy by any means. And it, it, takes someone with a great work ethic and a lot of grit but like it goes back to environment like if you're going to um make something sustainable you want to make it so that you can be happy throughout the entire time that you do it you, you don't want to um keep having to think back to like i wish i could just be me kind of thing like i i think that like, it's so cool to hear about how that move helped you. Um, with the spin instructing there in Vancouver, what was your first class like? Like, what was your thoughts? What What do you remember about it?
1: I was terrified again, which is, like, so weird. Like, I've been doing it for a while, and then I was like, oh, Vancouver people are just, like, so about this, and they're going to judge. Like, it came back all over again. Um, but again, like, I just – I had my friends, and it was just so great. Um, and it, this is, I, this is what I miss is cause everyone at work, we have this like little squad that I teach a class on Sundays and then we have like brunch after and we just like talk about things. And it's just like, it's such a great regroup before we start the beginning of the week. So I was just talking to everybody the other day about like how I miss that. But I remember thinking like it's like a different space, but I still feel like at home and like, I'm, I'm still myself. Like, I don't think I've changed from that. Like Beyonce wasn't built on that. I still have those moments. And like, I make sure that I allow someone to like feel and like, you should feel the music. Um, But yeah, I, part of me, I'm just like, again, like so grateful that I still get to do it. And that, I took that risk of, like, going back and doing it because I think it would have been really easy for me to just, like, never do it again um, because I just, like, held a lot of, like, resentment of, like, what I had to go through to get here. So, yeah, no, it's 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 really good. Like, anybody who wants to come, when we're allowed to visit each other, come visit me.
0: <laughs> well, you, you kind of... uh touched on a good point kind of being able to just feel uh being in the different situations that we're in and just being able to feel our emotions and like go grow through what we're going through um the the more self-aware we are in like allowing ourselves to just be ourself and just like okay I'm mad today so I'm just going to be mad in front of like 40 people on stationary bikes right now and they're just gonna have to lean into that with me like then you get to connect versus if if you're mad and you try not to be mad because what would happen if they knew that you were mad well you're not going to get any connection and then it's still going to be all bottled up and it's not like everybody's gonna be mad all the time and they're not gonna be sad all the time and they're not gonna be happy all the time but like if you're feeling something you gotta you gotta express that like I mean if uh if someone's having a bad day and their, their friends don't know because we're like hiding from that, like if we started this conversation and you're like, yeah, I've just been feeling 100% for the last few weeks. Well, I mean, I would be like, are you sure? Like, I'm not even feeling a hundred percent. Like, what are you talking about? Like to be totally vulnerable. I mean, like within realistic parameters, but just to be like, this is where it's at today. Um mm-hmm. is just so helpful in um building those strong connections. And I swear I won't ramble too, too much. I saw your video that you got on your birthday. It was like a, the coolest tribute ever.
1: What was that like
0: to get uh, something like that? It was so cool.
1: Okay. My sister did this and my friend Sarah here. Oh my, I've never... I mean, I should upload, they did a reaction video of me and I was just in tears because I think the craziest thing is I've lived in three cities and I've had like, kind of feels like I've had three separate lives, Um, you know, and like, I just did a lot of growing in different areas and these people don't know each other. And, like, they were all on, like, this video together. And just to see, like, my life and, like, the people that have changed my life all. And it was just – and then my grandparents. Like, it was just so – I was so not looking forward to my birthday this year. I was, like, I we were – that I think that was the first weekend where they said you could be around, like, five other people in Vancouver. But I didn't know that. So I was, like, spending it by myself in quarantine. And I was, like, this sucks. And, like (laughs) – That it was like sent to me like when I was born and like my sister called me and then I just like watched it and I was like, I I literally couldn't have done anything else that day and that would have been enough. Like it was the best present I have ever received in my entire life. It was just so special. Yeah, really, really great.
0: Well, and then saying that because like I watched it and I'll admit it, I got a little bit choked up and I have nothing to do with anybody in the video. Like I'm like, why did I get emotional for your birthday video? What's wrong with me? But it's just like
1: I I have the best, like the the best friends you'd ever want in your life. I'm so lucky, like so lucky because I know a lot of people, like that connection. Like it's hard to find. Like it takes work, and I've just been so lucky to like meet a lot of amazing people that have changed me in like ways that I can't even thank them enough yeah
0: well and i mean it speaks to the value of like the quality of like the the interaction so a person could be like oh here is a lamborghini and i mean lamborghinis are pretty cool but it's not going to have the same like impact as like like true genuine action um Mm -hmm. whether that be like the words people say to each other positive words like things things that make us feel better things that make us feel valued things that make us feel special and i mean if if i could promote anything it would definitely be like more of that please more of the more of the good stuff you know um so then there's something else that's like stood out about you and it's kind of like you keep popping up on all these different like i think i saw something were you in the globe and mail or something like that
1: goodness, you're going to go into like my dating <laughs> like, Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay. Well, <laughs> my friend put me on Bumble when this all happened and I think I'm probably allowed to, so she does PR for Bumble and then she was like knew that I was like dating on Bumble. And so I was just sharing her some like, like sharing with her some funny stories of when like COVID hit and we were on like lockdown. And I couldn't meet people. And so I did like a lot of these like FaceTime dates and um, like we cooked and we did puzzles like virtual dating and they just ate it up. And then it just like got picked up. And then I was like, oh, my good, my mom and grandma just had a heyday and then i was just like on the news talking about dating and i'm just like on like a panel with like guinea Bouchard, shirt and i was like in what world does anyone care about my dating life let alone like like from like my home like it's just very weird um and then like people that i was like talking to then i'd have to tell them that like i <laughs> might talk about you like to the Globe of mail or um on the news uh, so that was it was fun but it was also like kind of like embarrassing at the same time but i mean it it was it passed some time and i i have some really good stories after
0: it well i mean (laughs) you took covid19 to a whole nother level
1: (laughs) i know i know so yeah it, it was a wild ride i was like this isn't real but I, I loved it it was like playing like mini like bachelorette for a little bit um so it was
0: fun and during that time did you did you have any time amidst your like celebrity moments to um get any introspection any self-reflection get to know yourself a bit better
1: mm hmm like because i live alone it's it was i struggled like a lot um and i don't i like, I am quite like an extrovert. Like, I could sit on the phone for hours and just like talk and um, with certain things. But when it comes to like my feelings, a lot of the times it's like it's bottled in. And then I would notice that I was getting so irritable or like I would just like not want to do, I was just lo- losing that momentum and that drive.
0: And
1: um, it like, forced me to like connect and feel vulnerable to communicate how I was feeling with other people Um, where it wasn't like this, like superficial of like, Oh, I'm just like going through a breakup. Like I didn't know what was happening. I was just lonely. And so like to say that to your friends and like, I'm really struggling right now. And like, well, you just like have FaceTime dates with me and talk about the real housewives. And like, that was like a thing. And um, again, my friends are awesome. But uh, that was something I really learned about is, just being a little bit like more comfortable communicating with how you're feeling and like not worrying about what people are going to think because as like we're learning right now, like, I don't know if you've seen certain things of like these like black women and like these stereotypes that have basically like been created for us. I think if you ask anybody that knows me, they would put me into that box that says like the strong black woman. And like, I've just always been that strong black woman. She's strong. She's strong she's powerful that's that's that and so i i've always felt like i've always had to be like that and so i don't like to be looked at as like i'm weak um and i was weak at the beginning of this and it was like really really hard um and i just communicated it
0: well that's important and i completely relate like i it was a hell of a shit show going through that amount of time. Like by myself, I had a very similar experience and from the many conversations that I've had with all kinds of different people, like something that I try to tell people time and time again, like look at the person that you think is the strongest and you should probably check in on them. Like mm-hmm. the the person with the biggest muscles, the person in the highest point of leadership, the person that influences the person that's on the magazine cover, like Whoever it is that you think for some reason doesn't need a check in probably needs it even more. And it doesn't take away from the importance of checking in on anybody else that you already assumed needed one. But it's like you got to check in on everybody. And the expression of like checking on your strong friends, like it's worded that way for a very specific reason. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that this has taught people like, yeah, like if you are in like a low, Because we're all going to have our ups and downs, regardless of COVID-19 or not, regardless of anything, any year that it is, any kind of wokeness that we're experiencing, like we're going to have our ups and downs and we need to be like, hey, feeling shitty today. So like, then we are able to create space for each other. um, We're able to listen. um, Like, I mean, I've had to really practice my listening skills because like, I'm real good at talking. Mm-hmm. But, you know, like listening, sometimes that just takes me just sitting and like mm-hmm. taking it in kind of thing. One person told me recently, it was like, guys like to fix things. Guys always like to uh, have the solution. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, no, that's me. I like to be like, oh, did you try more protein? Try more protein. Like, I always like yeah. to have some some solution and it's it's not ideal. So mm-hmm. getting us back on track here. Um, in the last seven days, and this is going to be like a ridiculous question, but despite everything, what's something that has made you feel really happy out of, out of anything that you can think of in the last week?
1: The last seven days.
0: And I mean, it can be like just a little bit happier or whatever. Just the thing that's brought you the most joy.
1: Okay. Um, (laughs) There's a few things. I got a new, I got my, I was like, okay, I need to do something on the weekend. And I was just like, I just need to make today like special. Cause it was like, I took the week off work. I was like really, really struggling. It was really hard for me. Um, And I wasn't leaving my apartment. um, Cause this, another thing was that I was, I just felt like when I was walking, people were like smiling at me and it just like made me feel weird. And then I, it just like, it was all, I was just so all over the map. Um, and so I was like, okay, we need to get out of the house. We got to do something. And so I literally just like booked a bike tune up and I love my bike. And then she's beautiful. And I, got it cleaned and then I got a new basket and I got some new lights. And then I was just like this, I'm just like this new woman now. (laughs) And I just put on my AirPods and I just flew home and I just listened to some childish Gambino. And it was just a moment. And I was like, that was my happy moment of the week.
0: It was good. (laughs) Well, it's important. I think sometimes, um, people know that they need a happy moment and then they're just looking for inspiration for what their happy moment can look like and so hopefully that inspires someone that's listening to be like oh yeah like in in my own experiences like just giving the car a car wash like the littlest things can make such a big impact in just like how how we're just showing up to getting our groceries with our mask on or or whatever it may be um If you were to give one piece of advice to someone on how to live their life to the fullest in the most authentic way, what would that piece of advice be?
1: I think it would be to listen to yourself. It took me too long to not hear my own voice um, and to try to be like others. And so we always know when we always know like that's the thing is you're just not listening. Um, I mean if you can listen to everybody else like you need to listen to the number one person that's like you So just channel that energy inward and just listen to what your gut is telling you at all times because it'll take you to great places
0: That's awesome So next I have one last request of you and it is I put out a challenge to my audience on every episode Well at least every episode for the last 10 or so episodes and I'm having the guests create the challenge so what I'm going to get you to do is you're going to be like, your challenge for the day is, and then just put it out there.
1: Okay, i got to think of a good one. A challenge for the day. Okay. Uh, okay. Your challenge for the day is, because this is something that I definitely want to do. Reach out to somebody and tell them why you care about them and be specific go to the moment that made you realize how amazing that person is and share that
0: so in reaching out do you want them to call the person message the person should be text voice
1: I think I would say like send like a video message of yourself like record yourself and just send it to someone
0: I absolutely agree
1: it'll be fun
0: so thank you so much for joining me today
1: thank you for having me this was a lot of fun